Well, good morning, King's Arms family. It's such a privilege to be speaking to you this morning. I hope you're all keeping well and that you're knowing Jesus really close. We're actually starting a new series this morning um, where we're wanting, wanting to look at how do we keep thriving as believers, particularly as we're coming out of this past year and lockdown is easing. How do we stay healthy and whole as followers of Jesus so that we can keep saying yes to all that he's got for us? And this week, I want to focus in on how can we, how we can come to God as our Father and get gut-level honest with Him about what's going on in our hearts. You know, the truth is that it's actually very normal for all of us to experience different kinds of loss throughout our lives. But this past year, the loss we've all experienced has been multiplied and heightened. And there are various different losses that we will have experienced some of us have experienced the death of a loved one and it's been much more difficult because we haven't been able to be with them in the way that we normally would be. Others of us have experienced real challenges in our marriage and we're, we're still wondering, is this, is this actually going to work out? Some of us have lost jobs and so we find ourselves under significant financial pressure. Others of us who are at school or college have not been able to take the exams that we've worked so hard for. And all of us have experienced the loss of not being able to be connected as much. You know, we haven't been able to see our family or our friends as much as we would have liked to. And so all of us have experienced loss. There has been so much loss of one kind or another. And the truth is that with loss, there's pain. Whether you're aware of it or not, with loss there's pain. And it's so important that we learn how to grieve well so that our hearts stay healthy and whole in our relationship with Jesus and in our relationship with other people. And there's a a brilliant book called The Emotionally Healthy Church by a guy called Scazzaro. And he says this about the losses that we face in our lives. He says, stuffed down and denied, they gather in our souls like heavy stones that weigh us down. Unattended to over time, they prevent us from entering into walking freely and honestly with God and with others. And so this is a really important topic for us to look at. We have to learn how to grieve well, how to uh, come to the Father with our losses, with our pain, so that we can stay healthy in our hearts. And so I want us to to look at that together. I want us to look at how do we come to the Father with our pain? How do we enable him to bring healing to our hearts? And the way that we're going to look at that is by looking at a story in John chapter 11. And it's the story where Jesus' friend Lazarus dies, but then Jesus comes along and raises him from the dead. And we know that in scripture, Jesus uh, reveals to us what the Father's like. He actually says to his disciples at one point, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They're one and the same. Jesus' ministry actually was all about showing people what the Father was like. And so as we look at this story together, I want us to particularly pay, pay close attention to what can we learn about the Father from what we see of Jesus and what he does. And also I want, to, I want us to look at Mary. I want us to learn some lessons from Mary about how we come to the Father with our pain. And so we're going to dive in in just a minute, but let me first give you the context of what's going on. So obviously we've got Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They're all siblings and they're all good friends of Jesus. And Lazarus gets very sick 
And Mary and Martha both send word to Jesus to tell them, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. And I would imagine that they were expecting Jesus to come and heal Lazarus because they knew that's what he did. But what ends up happening is Jesus actually stays where he is a couple of extra days before he heads to Bethany. And in that time, Lazarus actually ends up dying. But we read in John 11 that this was actually all part of the bigger plan. Jesus knew Lazarus was going to die and he also knew he was going to come and he was going to raise him from the dead. And this was so that God was glorified, but also so that people would see increasingly that Jesus was the Messiah they were waiting for. And so when Jesus gets to Bethany, Martha comes out to him, Mary stays at home and they have a conversation. And then Martha goes back to the house to speak to Mary. And that's where we're going to pick it up. John chapter 11, verse 28. Then when she returned to Mary, she called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha, Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. He was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. So let's have a look. What can we learn from this scripture about what the father's like and about how we come to him with our pain so that we stay healthy? First lesson I think we can learn is this. We've got to run to the father and we've got to run to the father quickly. In verse 29, we find out that as soon as Mary heard that Jesus was there and that he wanted to see her, she immediately went to him. She immediately went to him. In the middle of her pain and her grief and her questions and her confusion, Mary quickly responded to Jesus' invitation to come to him. And you know, I think this verse could so easily be overlooked, but I think it's incredibly profound, profound for us. Firstly, I think it's really significant for those of us who don't yet know Jesus. You know, if you're watching this morning and you don't yet know Jesus, I want you to know that he has made it possible for you to receive an invitation from your perfect heavenly father to come into the relationship with God that you have been made for. In the middle of your pain, your mess, your questions, your doubts, right now in this moment, there's an invitation for you to come to the father to run to the Father, to come to know him, to come into the relationship with him that you've been made for. And that invitation is there all the time. And I want to encourage you to say yes to that invitation this morning. You know, you might just want to say, Father, if you're real, God, if you're real, <coughs> then I want to know you. I want to come to you. I want to respond to your invitation. That invitation is available for you this morning. But I think this verse is also significant for those of us who have responded to the Father. We have responded to his invitation to come to him. The challenge for us is to come to him quickly with our pain. You know, the invitation is always there for us to come to the Father. But I think often we are slow to come to him 
because we look for many different ways, many different other ways that we can deal with the pain that doesn't involve us having to look at it directly. And so we do things like deny, we deny the pain. We don't even acknowledge that there's any pain or loss that we've experienced, we are in denial. Sometimes we minimise, you know, minim when you minimise stuff, it's when you, you acknowledge, yeah, I have experienced some loss and there is some pain, but in comparison to that person and their situation and that person and their situation, my pain is much less, it's much less significant, I shouldn't really be feeling it because that's much worse. When we minimise our pain, we don't give ourselves permission to really feel what we need to feel or express what we need to express. And so often we can do that, we can minimise our pain rather than running to the Father. Thirdly, avoidance. So sometimes we just avoid our pain. We don't want to have to face it. We don't want to have to look at it. And so we find other ways of numbing the pain so that we don't have to go there. So things like comfort eating or busyness or alcohol or sleep or computer games or whatever it might be. Anything that just numbs the pain, which means that we don't actually have to face it or go to the Father about it because we, we want to avoid it because we don't want to feel it. Or lastly, hurry. You know, some of us are just always in a hurry to step into the next thing. You know, we, we, we read in scripture, we're meant to rejoice always. And again, I, I would say rejoice. We're meant to stay in a place of faith. And so we've just got to keep going. We've just got to go, hold on for dear life and keep going and keep going and keep going. And what we do if we're living in that hurried pace is we don't allow ourselves to sit with the Father and just be with him and sit with the pain and get honest with him and let him rush in to comfort us and to heal our hearts. You know, if we want to find true and lasting healing for our hearts, we have to run to the Father. And we have to run to the Father quickly. When we run to the Father, what do we find? What can we learn from Jesus in this passage about what the Father's like? Well, the first thing we can learn is this. The Father is not indifferent about our pain. He actually enters into it. He's not indifferent about our pain. He enters into it. In verse 33, we read that when Jesus saw Mary weeping, a deep anger welled up from within him. And then in verse 35, we read that Jesus wept. Now, the truth is when the Father sees our pain, he feels deeply about it. He's not disinterested. He's not distant. He feels deeply about our pain. In this particular scripture, we see that he feels angry. You know, the truth is that God hates death and sickness and injustice. Anything that causes us emotional pain, the father hates because it was never his original intention for his children. It was never his intention for us. All of that stuff has come in because of the fall, because of the contamination of sin in our lives. But it's not what he wants for us. And so when he sees our pain and we express our pain to him, he feels deeply. He connects deeply with what we're feeling. He's not indifferent. You know, our father is not an emotionless God. He's not just in heaven, you know, orchestrating things on the earth like a robot but completely disconnected from us. No, he feels deeply. He enters into our pain. He's moved by it. He's moved by it. And we read in the scripture that he's moved with anger, but he's also moved with tears. He enters into our pain. He grieves with us. Now, I remember years ago um, sharing with a friend about some stuff I was finding difficult and... Um, 
I, I was just I was talking to her about some things and I was looking down and at, at one point I looked up and I saw tears rolling down her cheeks and it was so powerful and it was so overwhelming for me I think it was the first time probably I've ever experienced anyone crying for me because of my pain and in that moment I got a snapshot of what the father's like that when I feel pain he grieves with me he's not indifferent he's not distant he grieves with me he enters in to my pain so that's the first thing we can learn but the second thing we can learn is that the father validates our feelings he validates our feelings you know in this particular scripture Jesus knew that he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead he knew he was going to do that you know he could have when he saw Mary crying and the mourners around the grave, he could have shouted, hey guys, stop crying, don't worry, I've got a plan. I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna raise Lazarus from the dead, you don't have to be sad. He could have run in and said that, but he didn't. He allowed them to feel what they needed to feel. He validated their emotions. And you know, the truth is, when we run to the Father with our grief and with our pain, he has a plan too. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's working everything together for our good. And he knows that our lives in the end are going to result. They're going to end in resurrection. So he could say, guys, don't worry. I know what's going to happen. It's going to be okay. But he doesn't. He validates our feelings. He lets us sit with them. He lets us feel them. And more than that, he grieves with us. He enters into our pain. Is that the kind of father that you come to when you run to the father? Because that's the father we learn about from Jesus in this particular passage. So we've got to run to the father. That's what Mary teaches us. We've got to run to the father with our pain. Secondly, we've got to express what's in our heart. We've got to be gut level honest with God about how we're feeling. In verse 32 in this scripture, when Jesus arrived and saw Jesus, it said, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. You know, I love this. I love that Mary comes to Jesus and she doesn't hold back and she says it like it is. Jesus, if you'd been here, if only you'd been here, everything would be different. This pain could have been, could have been avoided. And you know, we can't know the tone of Mary's voice, but we do know that she and Martha sent news to Jesus in time for him to get there before Lazarus died. And I can imagine that it must have felt really frustrating for Mary that Jesus had, was late, that he turned up late. And because of that, all of this pain was now being experienced. You know, how many times do you and I have if-only statements that we come to the Father with? Or do we feel like God has been, has been late in responding to our prayers? You know, Father, if only you'd healed them when we prayed. If only, you'd if only you'd revealed yourself to them, Father, then their lives would have looked completely different. If only you'd, make, you'd stopped me making that bad decision, then things would have been different. If only, you'd been, if only you'd protected me and broken in sooner, all of this pain could have been prevented. You know, if we want to thrive, if we want to know healing in our hearts, first we have to run to the Father, and then when we're with him, we have to be gut-level honest with him about what we're feeling, about the pain that's in our hearts, about the loss we've experienced, about the grief we're feeling. 
and we need to do that without filtering it or trying to make it more acceptable to him. And you know, for some of you, this isn't something you're used to, you perhaps have never done this before, then I want to say a great place to start is by looking at the Psalms. Really, when we come to the Father and begin to express what's in our heart, we're, we're essentially writing a psalm. And the psalmists did not hold back what was in their heart. You know, David wrote many of the psalms, and the beginning of Psalm 31 in verse 9 is, is, a, is a brilliant example of this. He says this, Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul is withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. You know, David did not hold back his pain. He came to the Father and he expressed everything that was in his heart. He was gut-level honest, without filtering what he felt, without trying to make it more palatable to God. He got it all out of his system. And then the end of this psalm, he ends in worship. The end of this psalm, David lifts his eyes and he worships. And this is the cycle we need to go through when we run to the Father. When we come to him, this is the cycle. We run to the Father, we express our pain to him, we're gut level honest without filtering, and then we lift our eyes and we worship. And this is the cycle we go through whenever we experience loss so that our hearts stay in a healthy place so that we can keep thriving. You know, for some of us, expressing emotion isn't easy. We don't know how to do it. And I just want to say, can I encourage you to go on a journey? That used to be my story. I didn't express emotion very well. It used to be a challenge. But I knew that it was more for me because I knew my God was an emotional God. And so I've been on a journey and saying, Father, please connect my heart with your heart. I want to feel deeply. And he's been so kind and so faithful. I want to encourage you. Don't just assume, don't just conclude, I'm not an emotional person. God has got more for you. And I tell you what, there is, an in, there is incredible healing on the other side of your pain. If you run to the Father, there's incredible healing on the other side of your pain, if you really go for it. Scazzaro in his book says this, The degree to which I can learn to grieve my own losses is in direct proportion to the depth and quality of my relationship with God, and the compassion I can offer to others. What a great motivation for finding healing in the Father. And so I just want us to take some time to pray, but before that, let me just finish with this. this the story in John 11 ends in Lazarus' resurrection. Jesus brings him back to life, brings him back from the dead. And earlier in this passage, Jesus tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And so the huge comfort for us is that no matter what losses we experience in our lives, we can always have hope. We can always have hope because the one we follow is always restoring and rebuilding and renewing. He is the giver of life. And the truth is that no matter what you've lost over this last year, no matter what losses you've experienced, I want to encourage you, take heart. Take heart because our Heavenly Father is going to work everything together for our good. And somehow he will restore to us with interest everything, everything we've lost. It might look different to what we expected, but he is going to do that because he is the resurrection and the life. Let me just pray for us as we finish. Why don't you just put your hands out in front of you and just receive from the Father.
Father, I just want to thank you that you are so good and so kind and you're not indifferent about our pain and you enter in and you validate our feelings. And I want to thank you that you have got incredible healing for us. Father, you want us to thrive in you and you that a huge part of that is our hearts getting healthy and whole. And so I want to pray for my brothers and sisters, Father, would you take us all on a journey of learning what it looks like to run to the Father quickly. To run to the Father quickly and to express everything that's in our hearts so that we can stay whole and healthy and thrive in our walk with you. God, give us the grace to say yes to this way of living. Father, would you come? Would you come and just put your finger right now on pain that you want us to come to you with? God, I want to thank you that you are the one who binds up the brokenhearted. And I want to just speak to every heart that is broken, to every heart that has experienced loss. Father, come and bind it up. Come and bind it up with your grace. And Father, I want to pray for anyone who's tuning in who doesn't yet know you. God, I pray they would hear your invitation loud and clear to come to you. Father, that you would call them by name, that you would bring them into the relationship that they've been made for. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we just submit our lives to you again. We surrender to you and say, Father, we want all that you've got for us. Come and fill us afresh and cause us to thrive in all that you've called us to. We pray in Jesus' name for your glory, God. Amen. Amen.